Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Mouseville, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, mild-mannered factory worker by day and superhero by night, my co-host, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? David, 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 I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I think you might want to check with your supervisor in the factory there. There's something, something weird has happened to your voice. Like an asbestos thing or something? Yeah, I don't know. David, 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 I'm doing doing well, buddy. How about yourself? There you go. That sounds a lot better. I was worried there for a second. Uh, No, that's okay. You're back to mild-mannered, Sean. Woo! Yeah, I got to check with my my supervisor in the factory, make sure that she's all cool with with me maybe taking a half day, get a sick day in, recoup this voice a little bit, you know. (laughs) For podcast stuff. Yeah, for podcast stuff. Not for, like, superhero stuff. Or like regular everyday talking. Oh yeah, also that for like communication and stuff. I don't need a voice for that. I'm good. I should probably check with my supervisor, uh, who happens to be sitting right here next to me. Oh, what a plus. Yeah, I know. Please welcome the wonderful, the talented, the lovely, Ms. Melanie Harker. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sean. You can't have a half day. Damn it. Take that. We got a lot of factorying to do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're behind on our factorying. We need to pick it up. You gotta. Let's get this moving. Deep sigh. Oh boy. <laughs> My suggestion would be to play that like that factory theme just constantly, twenty four hours. Working girl. Just play that over and over again. Yeah. That'll really get his. Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 Nailed it. That'll get his efficiency. That really. When I hear that song, I really want to get to work. Yeah, in like a weird, like rhythmic fashion, like not too fast, right. not too slow, but just like a nice industrial pace. Yeah, yeah, with a lot of horns just blaring in the background for no reason, really. Every perpetual motion machine you've ever known in your life is just compounded, and that's how it, it runs. Yeah, forever. And weirdly enough, they all just line up at that exact tempo. Mm-hmm. It's really strange how that works. Mm-hmm. Mysteries yeah, of the out, universe. Yeah, I'm gonna point out the the real quick fact, like. I'm the, the only employee that's working at this factory. Yeah, you are. It's I don't know little... what the factory is 100%. I just know that you're the only one that works there, other than Mel, who supervises your work. Oh, I don't work. I supervise. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But you're just really efficient, so Oof, how like will I... I ever do it without you? <laughs> factory would shut down. Don't shut down the factory. Whatever this factory is. Oh, don't, don't worry. I will be here to work and continue to keep up the, this factory's good name. Well, look, if Sean ever actually, you know, has to retire or just dies due to uh, exhaustion. Uh, Probably going to die. Due Probably to working 24 hours a day. You can just enslave a race of, like, super strong mice to work in your factory. I think you'd be Oh, I was just going to go to an orphanage. Or that. And just pick <laughs> out whichever lamest one I can find and just stick them on the job. You're not going to, like, test them to see which ones are strongest? Uh, I mean, no. that's my go-to orphanage plan. <laughs> just, you know, just so boilerplate orphanage plan. Test, this, test their weaknesses. Now, let me ask you, Dave. Yeah. Is this going to be something, does your orphanage plan entail the following idea where you look for one particular orphan that happens to have, like, a red tuft of hair that's sticking out, and you're just like, that, I'm going to get that ginger orphan, and I'm going to get him to work at my thing. Yeah. Pretty much Ginger Orphan is like a little on the checklist. Okay. Yeah. I need him to work alongside strong, uh, supersized mouse creature to work. We have very specific designs on this factory. I don't know if it's going to work, but I feel like it worked for the show we're going to talk about tonight. Um, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're clearly talking about Mighty Mouse, and specifically Mighty Mouse The New Adventures, which was an 80s kind of revisit to the classic hero. 
Um, so now that all our shenanigans are done, Sean, why don't you take us through the history of this sure. show? Sure thing. So Mighty Mouse The New Adventures is a 1987 revival of the Mighty Mouse cartoon character. Produced by Bakshi High Adventures, a joint ventures of animator Ralph Bakshi and producer John W. Hyde and Terry Tunes. <laughs> it aired on CBS on Saturday mornings from fall of 1987 through the 1988 and 89 season. It was briefly rerun on Saturday mornings on Fox Kids in November of 1992. The show was considered revolutionary at the time and inspired a wave of animated shows that were much zanier. It is credited by some as being the impetus for the creator-driven animation revolution of the 1990s uh, and was a huge springboard for many cartoonists and animators who would later become famous. Among them, John Craig Felusi, Bruce Timm, Jim Reardon, Tom Minton, Lynn Naylor, Rich Moore, and Andrew Stanton. Yeah, and a lot of those names should be familiar to um, you guys. We've talked about John Crick Felusi in the past. Bruce Tim obviously has a huge influence on the Warner Brothers animated universe. Andrew Stanton was one of the main guys over at Pixar, so there's just a few that stand out. But I mean, it's, it was interesting watching this show and then knowing that ahead of time and then kind of looking back at the 90s series that some of these people worked on and, and definitely seeing their influences, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Right. Uh, before I get to the synopsis, though, I just want to ask Mel, so you actually brought this one to, to our attention. So can you just give us kind of the reason behind you wanting to watch the show tonight? So here's what's crazy is that until I read this, the Wikipedia article, which I did to uh remind myself what the name of the series was to go look for it on youtube i was like did i just happen to happen upon this in 1992 in november because otherwise i wasn't like around for it in the beginning which is really weird um but i have the exact episode that we are talking about and one other one on a vhs collection at home that my mom hand recorded for me when i was a child and i would watch at nauseum like forever and the there's like one particular scene which we'll talk about in the second part of the episode that we watched today which like you like I could close my eyes and basically tell you exactly what happens in that scene over and over and over again because I just remember it so vividly um and I think there's something about like the zaniness of the characters that has influenced me as a performer and like I trace it back to watching Mighty Mouse and like loving the shit out of it so and the theme song's pretty catchy, so there's that too. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get into that too. Oh, just just a, a tip for listeners out there who maybe don't know what VHS is. It was basically <laughs> a, a plastic rectangle that used magnets to record things. Magnets, you say? Magnets. Magnets. That's right. But I think this was on like a VHS with like an episode of Animaniacs as well mm. and oh, um, wow. Muppet Babies. Oh, because she recorded it, so it was like a blank one that she just Yeah, recorded. it was just, yeah. I love when I you have... said hand recorded because I pictured her there just like with a crank, just slowly like cranking the tape around the sprockets as the thing no. was on TV. That's how it worked, no. right? Yeah. No, for some reason, I had the idea of her with like a like a like a chisel, oh. like over top of the actual like the black ta- like pulled tape. out magnetic tape, and then just like stamping little things into it. Just and chiseling, I was like, wow, yeah. way to go! That's Shout out to my mom. She is a VHS <laughs> artisan. <laughs> So kids, appreciate all your digital media you have out there because you used to have to hand chisel these VHS tapes. Yeah, was right? A nightmare. Oof. Nightmare. Speaking God. of nightmare, here's what this show was actually about. 
Uh, no, so I mean, so it's Mighty Mouse, and if you're not familiar with the character, then there's not a whole lot I can do for you. It's basically like if Mickey Mouse was a superhero. Let's boil yeah. it down to that. Uh, completely different animation studio and different creation, but if like Mickey Mouse was a superhero instead of just kind of like this goofy Disney character. Anyway, so Mighty Mouse: The New Adventures, uh, humorous satirical adventures in a short-lived Saturday morning cartoon by Ralph Bakshi. Unlike other American animated TV shows of the time uh, and previous shorts from Mighty Mouse himself. This show's format was loose, and the episodes did not follow a particular formula. Instead, the episodes varied from superhero-type stories to parodies of TV shows, movies, comic books, and other cartoons. So it was more of just kind of like an adventure show, but that, that actually had a second layer of sort of parodies or satire or just kind of like this meta-awareness of everything else in, in pop culture that was going on. I don't know if you can really say that for the episode that we watched tonight. Maybe a little bit for the second one. And I guess a little bit for the first one, too. Just not anything like a specific... It didn't riff a specific movie or a specific cartoon. Just some more cultural stuff, which we'll get into. But I'm really, I'm really hoping, and fingers crossed, that one day I sit down and I watch an old movie that's about a bunch of gloves living in a Club Miami in, in somewhere in Tibet. in Tibet. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, I know where this, I know where this came from. Now I get the I reference. figured it out. Ahead, Problem solved, guys. Uh, how many fingers did you have crossed? Was it I, four or five? I thought it was. I, had, I thought he had four. Didn't he have four? He had four. We can talk. I'm saying, Sean, how many fingers did you cross? I crossed all of them. Okay. Oh, Sean crossed all five fingers. Yeah. Into a five-fingered death punch. All right, so. Oh, Jesus. Let's, <laughs> I would love for them to do our theme song. That'd be amazing. And speaking oh, of theme songs, let's, let's talk about tonight's. So, uh, Sean, what was your take on uh, this theme song for Mighty Mouse, The New Adventure? This... I hate the fact that the song is so much of an earworm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. And it's, it's done in it's completely acapella, uh, you know, from the, from sort of like the, the trumpeting, like boom, 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 like coming in and stuff like that. And it, it, it's just, it's so, it's such an easy listen and it's so fun. And the lyrics are, are, are very simple. Uh, but, you know, I, I, the idea that I have for this that is so much fun is that, you know, we've, we've watched a lot of, uh, we've watched a lot of cartoons, obviously, over the last two years. And we have some times where, like, the, the cartoon really doesn't sort of, you know, uh, the, the intro of this theme song, I felt like it told uh, a fun story. Kind of it set an expectation again about what to expect from Mighty Mouse and sort of how valiant uh, of a character he is and, and what he would be doing. And it just was kind of fun. And we, we had sort of like a smash up of like all different clips and stuff. So I guess this was a, a hybrid yeah. kind of theme song where, you know, we had a lot of like stock footage from episodes, but we had this original theme song. And I guess after maybe five weeks of nothing but Transformers, <laughs> this felt like a breath of fucking fresh air to suddenly have something that didn't have a robot voice in the background. It didn't have like a weird heavy synth track in it. It was just good old fashioned barbershop quartet just laying down some pipes. And like it was fun. And I, I, I can't stop singing it around the house or coming up with new and dumber lyrics for it. I mean, like I'm really embarrassing myself the, the more I sing this out loud. But it's so enjoyable and it's so catchy and fun to do with this song. And, you know, I, I think. We, we've talked about this, this theme song, and I think you both have had some really good uh, input on it. And so I, 
I enjoyed it immensely. I kind of want to turn it over to the both of you because you guys had some great insight on this as well. Well, look, all I want to say is I would love to see uh, like an Oompa Polka version of Transformers if they right. ever decide to go that route. But Mel, what was your take on it? Because you mentioned this at, at your intro for why you wanted to watch the show too. So, Well, you know, I, th- I think actually what Shonda said really hit it on the head is that you know, now you hear a lot of very heavily mixed, electronicized theme songs for stuff, which, like, I love. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a soft spot in my heart for that. But then, you know, I think I, I grew up with where my grandparents really loved whenever they would come over watching Mary, Mel- Mary Melody's yeah. animations with me. And there's something, like, about appreciating when a theme song has its own musicality that is its own... It's, it's uh, it's a genre that you can pinpoint right. and that you can appreciate, and you're like, these guy, this guy is a really good singer, and this is an acapella group that has synced up and can clearly execute this, which is hilarious contrasted to the other sort of like zingers and beats that are in the show itself, which is all extraordinarily off key trombone trumpetness whatever the fuck's going on Hitting real sour notes <sighs> like, like yeah, purposefully but... though that's what i liked was the sort of the mini right. intro of each because each episode is, is split up into two different smaller segments so two different like mini chapters within each episode and at the intro of those segments there's like a mini theme song but it's like <laughs> like really sour notes and i love that because it's just kind of <laughs> wonky and funny well it's fun to contrast that against the yeah. the the on pointness of the of the theme song. Everything's ness. On pointness. All, all the ness, all the je ne sais quoi. It is full of the, the je ne sais quoi. Oui. <laughs> no, I liked it too. I thought it was a, it was kind of a traditional throwback to the old cartoon style, but also with kind of like a modern twist. Um, but more paying like homage to the to the classic. Mm-hmm. Like and then like I said, I like that they broke it down and they kind of revisited it, but they were like, we're also going to have fun with this. Um, when they introed each of the mini episodes, the first of which, <laughs> all you need is glove. Oh my god! All you need <laughs> is glove. If you don't like puns, just turn the show off now. Uh, we'll, yeah. see, <laughs> we'll see you next week because you're in for a lot of trouble. It's right gonna now. be a long night. So, yeah. You guys want to jump into the episode? You good to go? Yeah. <laughs> we, so we get our our introduction to. Mighty Mouse, but not as Mighty Mouse. We get our introduction as his mild-mannered sort of alter ego, which there's literally no difference between factory worker Mike Mouse and Mighty Mouse than a change of, of costume. So it's very much like a Superman kind of thing where it's just like, oh, Clark Kent, this like six foot six, 250-pound office worker dude takes his glasses off and suddenly, oh, it's Superman now. So same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Sean, to your point, Mike is literally the only person working in this factory other than his supervisor. So what's, what's going on here? So we, we were introduced to this, this, this mouse. And, and you know, if, if this is the first time you've, you've ever seen this now, you, you have to presume, if you're, if you're not indoctrinated to Mighty Mouse, you have to assume that this is, this is somebody of importance. Yeah. They wouldn't be showing him fucking around with all this factory equipment and have him and, be like a tertiary character. And by all this factory equipment, isn't it just like a giant like drive shaft that he's trying to put a belt on? He's, yeah, he's just trying to put a belt <laughs> like on these two rollers and he's just failing miserably. And so as he as he's gearing up to do this and as he's like crushing himself sort of comedically underneath what's going on, he begins to hear sort of these, these cries for help. And he rushes, uh, he rushes very quickly you know, because we, we know that, you know, if there's, if there's any trouble, 
uh, you know, near or far, that like Mighty Mouse is he's gonna be there for you, mm. you know, from the theme song. I was so like, say, that sounds like a theme song. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So he rushes in, and 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 this is the, I guess this is the moment where I was like, wait, what? Like, what is actually going on in terms of the the zaniness or the wackiness for this? Because we have a glove. Yep. We have like a a a, a like a, a maniacal glove yep. that has that has captured uh our damsel in distress which i don't even like which i think is debatable and i think merits some conversation but pearl is being held pearl pure heart tough name to say is is being held uh by by this glove quite quite literally at one point yeah right Mm -hmm. like and and when when sean says glove so it's like this massive kind of floating sentient glove with like a snidely whiplash kind of face drawn on the palm of it Right. So it's like a, a much bigger glove than just like one that would actually fit on your hand. It's like if you took one of Mickey Mouse's gloves and blew it up to like human size, basically. Right. That. Yeah. Well, or I guess mouse I don't size even want to say human size yeah. because they get into some problems a little bit later in Hollywood where there's some scale issues that yes. they have that need to be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, You're getting so, ahead of yourself. I know. I'm getting very ahead of myself. But uh, to Dave's point, like it, it's, it is a sentient glove. It's like the, the end boss for any of the Super Smash Brothers where you have to fight like the hand. It's like, you know? like, mm-hmm. like from Star Fox where Andros' yeah. <laughs> hands just come out the screen and smash your ship. It's basically and, that. Yeah, and then this, is, this is what it is. And so you just, but like, to your point, he has like this nefarious little like mm-hmm. thin handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's very insistent upon having Pearl just give him the factory. And you realize like, this is one of those villains that like clearly has not thought out what he's actually doing well did you because so did you guys pick up on why he wanted the factory because a we don't know what this factory does we know there's only right. one worker but we know that the glove wants it for some reason right and we we know that he wants it because he wants to use the factory to create more bad mittens uh, oh your pun yeah warning. yep pun pun warning number pun two warning for everybody two. if it's not it's not gonna get any better guys no, so just, much if you're if you're upset about this just shut this off right now all right <laughs> bad mittens so we get bad mittens. So he has this, this like he has this group, this cadre of these mittens, these like smaller little sentient gloves, just like weird little gray gloves. Yeah, yeah. And they're just kind of like they're they're looking around, and they've kind of got like crooked like eye eyebrows, like back and forth. Like you can tell there's some shifty looking gloves. They look like, like poorly these made gloves. gloves in like a sweatshop, possibly by orphans. So it's like <laughs> this is why he needs the factory free of orphans, as far as I know, to make more of these things. Like these gloves have seen some shit in life, and like literally, they they were raised on the wrong side of the track. Shit gloves, they're gloves. Yeah, for they're, shit. they are poop gloves, and so these things are just kind of like supporting uh, this glove in in everything that he's doing, and they're they're tying up people, and they're they're grabbing the things that they that the glove is calling out that he needs. But the the main crux of this, like thinking about it, is that like the glove is not asking. And he's not making like a business proposition to to Pearl. He's no. just like, "Give me your factory." And <laughs> yeah. she's like, "No." And she, like at that point, I would have been like, "Well, I'm just gonna call the cops right now. I'm gonna call the mouse police, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get them to come here and uh, and take care of this glove problem for me because this man is trying to hostily take over this business with with no rhyme or reason. There's no reason that he should be there in the first also, place. Also, he's like, a why? giant fucking glove, and that's weird. Yeah. Like, you're a business owner. Why did you entertain a meeting with a glove, with a sentient glove? I think you're 
You're giving him more credit than than he deserves. I'm pretty sure he just bust in with his army of bad mittens. And then they took her in a chokehold with his little pinky or whatever, because he's only got four (laughs) fingers. So I don't know. I guess we just lose the thumb. And he's like, here you go. Like, hook. And yeah. And you know what? As a female business owner, she's got to do what she's got to do. So she's sticking up for her own. (laughs) No, I, I, you know, I'm not going to argue with you on this and say that, like, you know, she was she was in the wrong. Clearly, she wasn't like. She was in the right. She had every reason to say no to this. It's just the simple fact that, like, he was not, uh, he, he's really not respecting anything that she said. Like, he's, he's asserting himself in a way that is extremely aggressive. It's because he's a bad glove. Oh, my God. But he's... <laughs> like, I, I, there's no argument here. He's a, he's a devil glove. <laughs> Snidely whiplash. No, he's just a piece of shit. Yep. It's just this shitty, shitty glove. I'll tell you what, though. He does have some interesting kind of uh, finger pun related devices at his disposal. So he's not oh, only got yeah. the bad mittens, which are terrible. He's also got these kind of like weird, almost like Chinese finger trap devices, which not really. They're just other gloves that he just has a new yep. name for. You guys and remember what the, are they called, Dave? Go ahead. I'm going to give this to Mel. This one's Mel's. The Digit. Dungeon. The Digit Dungeon. Which sounds, <sighs> it sounds like it should be like his lair, right? And more importantly, they're let out on leashes? Yeah, like, like they're dogs? Yeah, like dogs. So picture like a glove kind of crawling backwards like the sleeve is its head. And it's crawling, it's crawling that way uh, on a leash. So that's pretty creepy to begin with. And then these things just turn into like, they're just traps. They're like weird mobile traps that yeah. they end up trapping Pearl in. And then eventually we'll, we'll get to somebody else, a couple other people who get trapped in it. Um, it's just a bizarre, concept, bizarre concept and idea because they don't, they don't do anything. They're still able to like run around. They're just paired. They're like tied together in pairs. They're almost like glove right. handcuff Venus fly traps. It's the, one of the weirdest things that we've seen on the show. If we adopted that, though, in our current incarceration system, I think we'd see some higher rates of rehabilitation. If we just so. put prisoners in giant gloves that were tethered to each other? Parker 2020. Oh, no. I mean, I think you're a little late because they're no longer privatizing prisons. Perhaps this was the reason, because they were Damn. stuffing inmates into giant sentient gloves. I didn't read the but research. Dave, That's just my understanding of it. But Dave, if you put me in a digit dungeon, yeah. how will I do my knitting? That's a good question. Pearl. These are these moments where uh, you get this this female character who is reportedly not a damsel in distress-ish yeah. character who delivers a line that feels like it goes against the grain of the character that they set up. Like she is she is a strong, independent business owner. Right. She is a woman. So is Carol Deville, and she is put in a finger jail in a digit <laughs> dungeon. All right, and the for her first thought is. How will I do my knitting? Which she totally could have, because weren't her arms kind of free at some yeah, point? Yeah, her oh, arms, totally. both of their arms are completely so even free. Just from like a practicality standpoint, you can get tons of knitting done because you can't do anything. Could have done, you could have done all the fucking knitting you wanted, Pearl. You had all the time in the world. But let, let's say knitting aside, they obviously want to get out of this digit dungeon. But glove's not going to do it unless she gives them the factory. But I feel like maybe there's another way out. Somebody else has to be able to know the secret to get out of this thing, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Who do you think? Naturally, it's his, uh, his twin brother, Lefty. Oh, Gloves got a twin brother named Lefty. Mm-hmm. That's convenient. Who hasn't been seen since he was lost in the movie theater. Which, like, you know, 
Wouldn't you put like bells on Lefty's shoes so that you can hear him? Like if he's going to get lost in a movie theater and like it's a one room. Wouldn't you just go back and look for him? This sort of it felt been, like... It would have been funny if he was like lost in like a dryer or something like that would have made <laughs> a little more sense, I guess. But like did this, did this not feel like it was something that had happened in this create, like in one of the creators yeah. in their life? Like some type of like a small town story like interest piece where somebody's like, your kid lost inside of the movie theater. Will it happen? Tune in more at 10 o'clock tonight. I didn't, like, I didn't it, know it if just... they were like trying to parody something from something of like the, the more classic period where like everybody always had those like white kind of fancy gloves or if it was something from the Mickey Mouse days or, or what. Or if they were just trying to like put together some sort of plot device so they could move things forward. Um, nah, they, like, they were straight up idea. parodying the, the whole idea of losing a child. Of like abandoning an infant. I mean, if you're gonna do it, that's the place to do it because at least they'll be entertained for the next hour and a half. Yeah, guess so. But they gotta do it fast before, uh, before the glove takes over the country. Yeah, with his badminton. Whoa, with his badminton's not the world, just the country. Country, that's fine. I just, I just want to pause and say that like we are, we are like two minutes into this episode, and it's like, and we've already discussed so much about this. There's literally, like, the, the, we are putting more thought into the discussion behind this episode and this part of the story so far than any of the writers put into any of this stuff at all. Like, this stuff, again, because of the zaniness, there was so much that it feels like it was just thrown against the fucking wall for this. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, there's, everything that you do has literally no ramification or impact on anything that happens later down the road. It's just, it's just stuff. I, it's just stuff I to think keep Mel has things moving. about that. What's up, Mal? I would disagree with you. Okay. I find that the charm and the brilliance of the show is in these stupid fucking details <laughs> that seem to have no impact, but like in the gloves talking about, you know, like putting you in this digit dungeon and there's no possible way that you can get out of it except for maybe my brother Lefty who was lost in a movie theater when we were a child. Like, that's like throwing that out just like oh it's just a nugget like no one's gonna write extra dialogue just to have it be there and a lot of like the that that in like the taking over the country then we we segue i'm just gonna go a little bit in advance when they're in the car they're in a they run away so let's yeah real quick so to wrap wrap this thing up um yeah there is another person who works at the factory his name is scrappy Uh, he's basically an orphan he wears overalls and he has a little tuft of red hair he basically just hi gets, guys. Oh my god, my name's Scrappy. Hey Pearl, I saw your light was on and I didn't know. Oh my god! And then yeah, so they fought, they use this opportunity of Scrappy coming in, and then uh, Mike or Mighty Mouse and Pearl grab Scrappy and they run and jump into a car. And at this point, Mike, not Mighty Mouse, because he was like, "There's no time to change into Mighty Mouse," which is weird. So he runs in, tries to fight off the badmintons. That doesn't work, and he can't use Mm -mm. his superpowers because then his cover's blown. So he basically gets captured in the digit dungeon with Pearl. So now they're both running around in two different gloves, and then, yeah, they grab Scrappy and head out to the car, and then just take a road trip. So this brings up my biggest question for this, because we're we're going to get to this very shortly, and I want everybody listening to kind of be cognizant of this and have this in the back of your mind. Why is Mike trying to keep his 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 superhero persona why is he attempting to keep this secret well he's I mean, not trying real hard because 50 percent of this cast that's the point that's the point i'm trying to make <laughs> yeah. with this is that if he's rushing in to save pearl 
all right? Why is he attempting to even, A, why is he just like, oh, there's no time for me to rip off my clothes and become Mighty Mouse? Like, he's doing it in every other fucking scene anyway. He's doing it all the time. This dude is basically a nudist. Also, he's wearing, like, a pair of dickies over top of a yellow jumpsuit. How the fuck do you not know that this is him? He's not, like, at least Clark Kent Mm -hmm. was like, I'm gonna put everything underneath my clothing and I'll politely excuse myself to go use a phone booth, and then I'm going to strip down and take all these clothes off. Like, he, you can visibly see Mighty Mouse's clothes under Mike. Like, it's not like he's hiding at all. The only difference is that he has a hat on. I think he has, he has not... like, a blue, like a blue sweater or blue overcoat, because he's not, like, in just, yeah. like, the yellow. But he's also... Yeah, I know. He's also... But he's got it poking out the side, like he's wearing, like, 90s <laughs> grunge clothes. He, he does show that off later on. He's just like, oh, hey. Yeah. Check out my super Like, suit. oh, hey, I've got this underneath. You're like, oh, settle down, buddy. By this, they mean muscles. Yeah. <laughs> can Podcast I, listeners. Can I ask you guys my see. main question from this episode? What's up? All right, this, this bothered me. Everything else I'm totally cool with. Sentient gloves, weird digit dungeons, everything's fine. This is the thing I had a problem with. In order to get away from the bad mittens, which are gloves... Right. Mike throws a pot of hot coffee at them, which they play right. hot potato with. Now. Yep. Now. <laughs> friends, if you've ever cooked, if you've ever picked up a hot thing, what do you use to pick up a hot thing? You use a glove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You use a fucking glove. So fucking why, were glove. Th- why were these things defeated by the one thing that their purpose serves to prevent against? <laughs> oh, no, no. Those are oven gloves. <sighs> of gloves. Different, different breed. Yeah, of these glove. are these are poorly made orphan orphan design poop gloves. Yeah, these are All right, you've Chinese my factory I'm, made I'm gloves. Good. I'm good now. Yeah. <sighs> so we're on a road trip. We've got Mike slash Mighty Mouse who can break out of the digit dungeon, but decides he doesn't want to because, to Sean's point, he wants to keep his secret identity intact. Sort of. Why? Sort of. Why? And only Why? only for Why? one of the people in the car, which is whatever. We'll get to that in a second. So they're driving to Hollywood because their theory is that. So what, that Lefty was lost in a movie theater, so obviously he would then go to Hollywood to try to make it big? In the logic isn't even that deep, Dave. In the act? It's just, where would a glove go? Oh. Hollywood. Get it? No. 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 <laughs> I was like, no. Did I, I, don't, I don't get it. No, I really no. don't get it. No. Uh, all gloves go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I... Let me, let me ask this question Shoot. to Mal uh, before we get any further. Um, the relationship between Mike and Pearl mm-hmm. and the relationship between Mighty Mouse and Pearl, who's trying to smash? So Pearl's trying to smash Mighty Mouse. Okay. Is she? Yes. Is she, though? Yes. All right. She loves Mighty Mouse. Does she? Because okay. in yeah, the intro, like she a... straight slams the door in his face. He's trying to yeah. walk in and make like a shitload of mouse babies, and she just closes that door in his face. No, she's like playing hard to get. That's all. That's normal. Uh, that's pretty hard yeah, she's to playing get hard for to mice. Get. They're like known for. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Fair. All right. So <laughs> we have the idea that that Mighty Mouse and Pearl Pearl is trying to smash Mighty Mouse. What about this whole Mike Pearl situation? So, you know, so Mike. Well, so Mike loves Pearl. Mike and Mighty Mouse both love Pearl. Okay. But it's like the Spider-Man thing, where you have to like preserve both identities because if you if you ruin that balance, then like you might not have a chance with your girl because you might like freak her out that you, that like she didn't know that you were the same person. Plus, then your driver's license is like all fucked up, and you got to like apply yeah. for another one. And 
Oh, oh yeah. So, you you know, gotta get like some type of like legal mail yeah, and show up and get a new library card. Right, right. Yeah, double taxed yeah. and all kinds of stuff. It's just not Oof. worth it. it. It makes much more sense to just destroy the entire town of, of Hollywood uh, as a superhero, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You know what also makes a lot more sense? Yeah. If Mike would have just been like, hey, Pearl, I have something I need to tell you. <laughs> Look you deep in your, your loving, your loving non damsel in distress eyes. No, Pearl, put down, put down the fucking knitting. I, I need to tell you something. Look, Pearl, put down, put down the knitting. Look, I'm Mighty Mouse. I'm also Mike. I'm a man. I, uh, I've got, got two personas that I have. Let me, let me love you as both. Let me love you as both. Also, let's, right? let me get us out of this digit dungeon and wrap this episode up much quicker than it needed to take. Yeah, look. You're getting fingered by a lot of other people oh, in this episode. Oh. All right. So let me be the one to then fingering. No. <laughs> almost, almost had it. You almost had it. I almost had it. So Damn there's there's it. a so great close. moment here. They're all like they're all in Hollywood now, and they're all still like in this weird prison glove, and they're just kind of marching along, and the glove just shows up again. So the glove like literally just shows up everywhere that they go. So he's just but, kind of but he's in disguise this time. Dave, he's in disguise this oh, time. God. He's wearing a pair of sunglasses. He is wearing a pair of he's sunglasses. He's wearing a pair of sunglasses he's like a now. Clearly a different fucking sentient glove. A very different glove. There's lots of just sentient gloves walking around Hollywood town. Yo, to look at another glove Yo. that's just wearing a pair of sunglasses mm-hmm. and be like, that's the glove. That's glove racist. That is, Yo. That is glovist. Oh, boy. I'm not fucking, that's glovist. glovist. That is bullshit. Yeah, I apologize. You know, on behalf of all sentient know, gloves out there, I apologize for my slight. Look, we are in a we are in a culture where all like where there's not a single glove that doesn't matter. We have to be respectful of the fact that there are all different types of gloves from or gloves from different materials. There are all different types of gloves from different materials, and we need to respect those differences. All right. But wouldn't you say that some materials are kind of like of a higher quality than others? Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't eye roll hard enough. <laughs> I can't, like, I, my eyes will pop out of my head in a cartoon-like manner, oh. and then you'll have to catch it with a with a bowler bowler cap. That's actually a building. Nailed it, nailed it. That's the beige derby. So this this brings up uh, this brings up something that's fun. Mm-hmm. And I know Dave, you said that the glove with the the coffee pot was the moment for you, yeah. where you were just like, I I'm, I'm buying everything else. Now I'll be honest. I'm buying everything else in this episode as well. Okay. All right. And I'm enjoying it. The problem that I suddenly have mm-hmm. with this is that in this moment where, where the glove is chasing everybody and he's trying to capture them, he suddenly is now the size of a building. I think that was just bad. Yeah, I guess it was. Because he picks up an entire building. Because he, he picks up, he picks up, an ent- like he picks up a, a bowler hat that is shaped like a building that is near like the the man's theater. And look, I, I will say I spent a fair amount of time in Hollywood. This is a uh, photorealistic representation of the town. Everything is exactly <laughs> as I remember it being. The brown derby was actually shaped uh, like a giant beige bowler hat. The capitalistic <laughs> records tower was actually built out of giant records, giant vinyl records. I love that. And Groman's Chinese theater, which is now I think like HTC theater or some whatever yeah, the, something like yeah, that yeah yeah is uh is exactly like that like it was and so we we have this moment where he picks up this bowler hat the glove picks up this building sized bowler mm-hmm. hat and he throws it he just chucks, chucks it. it chucks it across it hits this tower this 
you know, literal tower of records, and it knocks it over. And in fact, he gets hit on the head with one of these like floors of the Tower Records building. Not to mention and all it's the just people like, who worked Ow. in that place. Yeah. Kill everybody killed. Noted. Everybody killed. Also, no, man, it must it have been after... a tough place to work because those were like solid. There was no room. There's literally no air to breathe. Just solid no. <laughs> stack of vinyl records. Well, it was after five, so everyone had gone home at that Oh, point. good point. They were all over at the Beige Derby getting drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so they're also dead. But that... Yeah, but they're also dead because they were thrown into their building where they work. <laughs> like, get back to work. Get back to work. And so, so, like, they get to this moment where, like, all of this happens, and then suddenly the glove falls down outside of the theater, like, where, like, the, the, like, the, all the hand imprints right. but are, like, like, outside. But like you said, like, King Kong-sized. Yeah, he's, like, King Kong-sized and smashes into the ground there. So, so, problem solved, right? Mighty Mouse saves the day. Everything's fine, right? Is that where we're at? I, at this point, you could have been like, they just murdered a giant glove. Yeah, which is fine. Totally okay with that. I'm fine with that. It was a substandard quality material glove anyway, so it's fine. Oh my god, okay. Made Jesus. in Korea. Hashtag all gloves <sighs> matter. Um, but yeah, so the episode's over, right? No, no, it's not. Well, what happens? Well, hold on. So, so Mighty Mouse busted out of this glove. What was Pearl doing? I feel like she was right next to him. She probably should have seen something. Oh, no. She was so horrified that she had her eyes, her hand, her glove hands, oh. glove finger hands over her eyes, not looking. Oh, the entire time. The entire time. Interesting. Yeah. I, again, she's, well, I want to reiterate, she's not damsel in distress. Oh, but she's just fainting by the... But she has, she has, she has, uh, she has dialogue written for her as such, and she has all the characteristics and manners mannerisms of a damsel in distress. I gotcha. You know, you know what? I'm tired of this Hollywood thing. It, it, it's getting a little old. I feel like we should go somewhere. If we're going to go on a road trip. We might as well go somewhere else. Um, you guys have anywhere in mind? You want to go? We, we should probably go to Tibet because it's clear that Lefty's <laughs> not in Hollywood. I hear it's sunny there. <laughs> sunny Tibet. Sunny Tibet. So, so this is the scene that sticks out in my mind yes. that from a child. So that... <laughs> They get to Tibet because they're told that Lefty is, went abroad. Well, can I, can I interrupt you real quick? Because there's something that okay. happens in the car. That's what I, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm okay, talking about. Okay, get to it. That's like pretty much what happens. They get off the plane, they get into a car. <laughs> because, they, because that's what they decide to go abroad. And Tibet is abroad. It's so super. It's, it's, one, it's about it's as abroad lo- as you can get. It's one location. So they're on the backseat of this taxi. That's being driven by an Inuit? Question mark. It looked like a yeah. I don't know what that was. Something racist. Like a Mongolian? I don't know. They they were just playing with this. It was the and... Eskimo scientist from a previous Transformers episode. Moonlighting <laughs> as an Uber driver in Tibet. <laughs> Tibetan Tibetan Uber drivers are the best. So they're all in the back seat and they're tired because they've been traveling to Tibet. Right. And Scrappy is like awake because he's just like on coke i don't know coke sugar coke yeah coke sugar coke sugar and pokes <laughs> pokes mike and it's like hey mike hey hey mike whatever happened to mighty mouse and that's when the, no hold on oh, what oh i'm sorry <laughs> no, no no because this is this is what he says he goes you know i've just been thinking about that day you know that day that you disappeared you know anything about it that day in hollywood. you know that day you disappeared that day in hollywood that you disappeared suddenly <laughs> And then you weren't there. Know anything about that day now, I was that you under disappeared, the Mike? I was under the impression that Scrappy, because this is like the ninth episode of the series now, I was under the impression that Scrappy already knew his secret identity. No, this is the moment it's revealed. I had no idea. 
and Mike pulls out, you know, up from his glove dungeon thing, his little his little bicep, little, which he then grows. Little bicep. This well, is Mighty put, Mouse. No, I'm, I'm contrasting. Like he brings it out and he's normal, and then he's like flex. Oh, right. It's like mountain. Ooh. Mountain bicep. And then Scrappy goes fucking berserk. Yep. Berserk. Oh my god, it's Mighty Mouse. Totally loses his mind. He's like, you gotta keep quiet from Pearl. And then she's like, ah, and then she flips over. Yeah. And she's still I think that Mike slash Mighty Mouse and Scrappy got a little something going on. I don't think there's Mm-mm. anything between Pearl and, and Mike. I think that's yeah. all a cover story. She's his, I, I got, she's his beard. I don't think there's anything I definitely, going on. I gotta agree with you, Dave. Yeah. I definitely got some, some weird vibes in these, these two, this one episode, these two half episodes, a uh, little... Some interesting vibes between uh, Mighty Mouse, Mike, and uh, and Scrappy. Well, a little, no, a little looking, known fact yeah. of trivia: when they actually did um, a, a deleted episode for this series, Mighty Mouse had a third alter ego. His name was Power Bottom, but they decided that they didn't want to air that episode because it was confusing for kids. I loved oh when God. Tony Collette ended up playing Mighty Mouse in the United States of Mighty Mouse. That was a great series when it aired. I mean, just a lot of really distinct yeah. characterizations. The of live action Mighty Mouse is a is an underrated series. Yeah, Jesus. the one that Guillermo del Toro did. God, what a nightmare that would be. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it's just a fucking nightmare. All right, we're in Tibet. Mike and and Scrappy are like <laughs> quietly banging while Pearl is, is asleep. Um, Rude. Rude. <laughs> Scrappy plays an interesting role in what happens next because if you're in Tibet and you're in the snowy mountains, you have to have what, everybody? An avalanche, right? It's like a car. I thought you were going to say parkas. <laughs> what? Sorry. You have to say you have to have parkas. Also parkas. But then also avalanche. Just, based on how convoluted this entire trip is, I'm not surprised that they didn't like stop at uh, and buy like starter jackets given the period of time when this came out. Yeah, they should have. Or, or just like jump off to an REI and like load up on stuff. Got to get that dividend end of the year, you know. And so they're just so, like they they come totally unprepared for everything. And I I just I love how I love how how much they are not really thinking about what they're doing. They're just like we're out of a plane, we're into a thing, and now we're into an Inuit taxi, and now we have parkas uh, mm-hmm. plus avalanche, plus avalanche, which gives Mike. So now at this point, Mike figures he's got the. He's got the perfect plan for how he can finally get into action as Mighty Mouse. And the plan basically goes as follows. He's going to get out of his little digit dungeon. He's going to stuff Scrappy in there. And then he's going <laughs> to do some weird trickery to his face to make him sort of look like Mike. So that Pearl, who's apparently also like half blind, she one of the blind mice? She just she oh, cannot... <laughs> She looks right at him and she's just like, Mike, where's Scrappy? Where's Scrappy? And then he's, now that Scrappy, pretending to be Mike, is basically just like, Scrappy's dead. Scrappy's straight up dead. <laughs> oh no, he he's lost dead. him in, must have lost him in the avalanche. Yeah. Otherwise known as, he did. <laughs> I know, I also got a weird feeling in this scene where all of a sudden Scrappy was just like, oh, I'm gonna get me some. Like, I'm gonna get me some. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna pick up where I'm, Scrappy's I'm gonna dead, pick up where so, uh, hmm. Oof, I love. You know, that, I, lo- I do love though that Mighty Mouse was just like, well, I can get out of this prison at any time, but I'm gonna stuff this orphan in here so he can stay behind in my place <laughs> and he can never get himself out. And he has no idea whether or not Scrappy's actually gonna be okay inside of this digit no. dungeon because he's like, oh, I'm gonna go fly off and do some other stuff yeah. really quick. I'm gonna go break off the top of a building and then catch catch 
not just falling any, snow not just like any it's fucking building. ice cream he's gonna break off the top of a mosque or like a yeah like one of those the russian orthodox churches like the onion domes yes yeah. sure why not let's grab one of those yeah and then make a weird this... snow ice cream scoop out of it yeah Neapolitan Which, uh... style. but he wouldn't let but he wouldn't let pearl perish in the avalanche so by proxy neither can scrappy no i just love that he stuffed an orphan in a prison essentially I mean, that's definitely not not true. Yeah. I feel like the only way that Mike would actually ever confess to being Mighty Mouse to Pearl is if he was put in like a natural disaster, if he was like, if he was placed inside of a dire situation where there's no like, if they were trapped in snow, I think that that would be the appropriate time for him to just be like, Pearl, I really have something I need to tell you. Like, I've had a very difficult time conveying this this information i'm gonna finally tell you i i am mighty mouse yeah but you can't i mean he can just tell scrappy at the drop of a hat just when they're in a tibetan taxi driven by an eskimo scientist like that that's fine but for pearl i i don't know because he can always get out of any situation but you know what guys this avalanche talk and like all this snow i feel like i need to go somewhere like i gotta go somewhere and relax get a drink maybe take in a show do you guys know any like decent places in tibet I can check out. Oh, in Tibet? Yeah. Uh, yeah, hold on. I'm going to pull like up. Like at the top uh, of a Yelp. mountain or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pull up Yelp real yeah, quick. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, looks good? like, uh, oh, hey, you know what? I got five stars on Club Miami. Sure, let's head it up. Club Miami. What's the special guests uh, tonight? I feel like they, they have live shows, don't they? Uh, they yeah. Do. They got a, they're doing a ventriloquist act. Oh, that sounds great. I guess that always kills in Tibet. Yeah. Uh, and there's lots of little, there's lots of people drinking drinks. Uh, oh no, they're seedy looking. Yeah, they're seedy That's looking what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't associate. They are very seedy looking. Super seedy. And uh, we got we got this uh, this uh, performer with his ventriloquist doll in in a bow tie. It happens to be a glove. <gasps> but it's just it's just another is... glove, so it's fine. We've already seen like I don't want to make any you know I don't want to offend anybody and like assume that it's. A missing pair of a glove, you know, it's just another mm. glove. But then right. the glove shows up oh. because the glove is everywhere. Oh, right. Uh, trying to fight, trying to fight it trying out, and out. then and then realizes it's his long lost, left behind glove brother Lefty. Here's a question. Here's a question. One of many. Indeed. Why is he pink? I don't know. I don't. Is it stage makeup? Might be. Is it ventriloquist stage makeup that he's wearing? Did he wearing? have like Kool-Aid spilled on him when he was in the movie theater and just stained? Oh, right. Mel's got, the answer. Mel's got the answer. Here's my, here's my convoluted theory. I hope you're ready. Buckle up. Buckle up for Buckle this. Buckle up, kid. Lefty and Glove, who has a real name, but that I didn't catch in the episode. Oh, I even caught it, I and I episode. don't believe I caught it right, but I caught it. I'm going to ask for it, and then I'm going to continue my story. Okay. What's the was the Oh, you're literally one? okay. I wanted yeah, you to yeah. literally ask for it. I heard Kelsey. Yeah, okay, me too. Okay. Kelsey, so Kelsey the glove. Yeah. So Kelsey So hold on, real quick. And Lefty. Kelsey. The parents of these gloves named them Lefty mm-hmm. and Kelsey. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure we were clear on that. And my theory is that they were both born pink gloves. Okay. And that what happened to Glove, yeah. a.k.a. Kelsey, is that he tumbled into an ocean or a, uh, a small water gathering of bleach water. water like a watering hole. Of bleach hole. water. And then that turned him bad 
which is probably near the factory where the badmintons were made. And the reason they were badmintons is because like in Day of the Tentacle, when the tentacle starts drinking the acid water grossness and becomes crazy, that's how the badmintons were made is because they've tumbled into this bad acid bleach water with Kelsey and Kelsey became glove and lost his bow tie. And here we are now. All right. So, so you Sean has I a buy it. I buy it. I buy Sean's it. I in. buy it. I buy it a hundred percent. We've got two things. <laughs> we got two things in one here. We have a PSA telling kids not to drink bleach, which is great. Yep. We've also got basically <laughs> that Kelsey, his origin story is the same as the Joker. Yeah. Pretty oh, much. Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. The Joker. I love that he tumbled into bleach and that they were both originally pink gloves. <laughs> More that's so my than, theory. than Lefty having Kool-Aid spilled on him. Well, that's why Lefty's like, man, Kelsey, you look so different. It's because he had this traumatic accident. I like it. I like it. Tumbled into yeah. bleach. It's not, the, it's not the, the, the mustache. No. no. It's not the mustache at all. Or his weird right, minions. Who, so, okay, so we have a reunion now. Like, there's obviously a fight between Mighty Mouse and Glove, which is, okay, whatever. It's cool that they have, like, a throwdown. But the main thing is that there's, like, a reunion between Lefty and Kelsey, and it's kind of like a nice brotherly reunion. They reconciled. Lefty's kind of like, what's your deal, dude? Like, what's, what's going on? We used to, like, dance. We used to hang out. We used to put on little shows. Like, why are you being, why are you being all, like, world or at least country ruling? What's, what's your problem? I love that the little Damn. badmintons look at him, look at their boss, like, are we not being evil anymore? What are we doing? Like, are we, are we changing this yeah, up? Like, not, we got a new uh, direction? Yeah. What's, what's going on here? It, it, it's, it's one of those moments where uh, you find, you know, that, possibly for the sake of time, possibly because of just how zany this is and because they, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with a lot of yeah. this, all of a sudden you have, uh, you have Lefty who just goes, it's, it's never too late to change. Like, very simple, very clear message. Look, you can always turn your life around. It's never too late to Look, change. you can always dye yourself any other color you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can always drink... You can always drink bleach and become somebody else. I also said bleach yourself and die. That's not exactly how oh, I intended Jesus it, but Christ, it, works. it works the same. It works the same. Oh my, All right, so oh everybody's happy. Every, everything's wrapped up. Everything's totally fine, right? Meh. Are we still you missing forgot. somebody? Yikes. Oh, no. Where is Scrappy? So at this point, uh, Pearl has been traumatized by the loss of this orphan uh, in the snow, right? Mm-hmm. So when the abominable snowman shows up and it turns out to be Scrappy... <gasps> I'm assuming she's like doesn't have any questions. She's totally fine. Everything's everything's super happy, right? She's so fine with it that she throws him up in the air into, into a, a fan yeah, and murders him instantly. It's a really dark <laughs> ending. Yeah. Uh, no, let's let's talk about this ending. I don't need to unpack very much of this, but it had my favorite line from this entire episode okay. <laughs> because at this moment we suddenly have uh, we have Lefty and we have Kelsey who are just like, do you remember that? that dance that we used to do when we were kids. And they're just like, oh, that old ditty? Yeah, I remember that. Are we really doing this? Are we doing it? And so they begin to do this sort of like vaudeville, like two-person show back and forth where they're dancing and they have little top hats and little canes and they're really getting into this little, this little act they're doing. And just somebody must have been just doing some extra dialogue like off stage or something like that. They, they must have been doing just like some unnecessary stuff and just having fun with it. And at some point, as, as the show is, like, fading out and they're getting ready to, like, close this episode and just the zaniness, it gets zanier because of this line. At one point, Kelsey just goes, fingers are better than hands. Yeah, I don't know what that was. What? Fingers are better than feet? Is that what he said? No, he said, 
fingers are better than hands. Then the he's a fucking hand. <laughs> he's a hand with fingers. I and know. I was just like, well, the fingers are the best part of me. So like you this that episode like that line, because I, I heard it. Yeah, it's I, like they're kind of irising I, out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in disbelief, so I like I scrubbed back to like actually listen to it again. I was like, wait, what did they really say? Very distinctly. <laughs> Fingers are better than hands. Makes sense to me. What? Yeah. Yep. You know what? I'm still buying it. 100%. I'm still on board. All right, Mel, any final thoughts from that episode? And we're getting a little short on time, but we do have another segment of this episode to get to. So we'll get to that in a minute. This will be very short. I used to try to recreate the can-can dance with my hand (laughs) as a child because I was like, how does that work? And then don't you know until just now, like my little brain didn't know how counting worked. No, you got to use the whole, the whole like palm, the whole palm and the two, like your pinky finger and your thumb are your, are your extremities, but you have too many legs and I couldn't figure out why I had too many legs. And I, yeah, I would try to do these little dances and that was, that's how I became a vaudeville performer. Yeah. A hand, a hand dancing vaudeville performer. Yeah. Which I, I got to by escaping on a boxcar but we can get into that in a second oh man i love i love hobos i'm so glad we get to talk about hobos tonight are you kidding me a <laughs> uh, little known fact for a very long time dave was actually a hobo and rode the rails of this great country i think about doing it every once in a while <laughs> oh jeez. except for all the like sexual assaults and stabbing other than that yeah sounds like the life well that's what scrappy thinks i mean my birthday's coming up so maybe yeah, yeah. true would you guys want to do that for your birthday yeah, no, wanna, absolutely not. Okay. Never, in a, guess, never in a million years. I guess I'm on my own with that, too. Uh, right, well, me and Scrappy yeah, so will we, be birthday hobos together. <laughs> we get this episode yeah. that is called uh, It's Scrappy's Birthday. It's literally just called mm-hmm. it Scrappy's Birthday. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I look down in disbelief. The reason that that sounded like a question is because I reread and I was like, that can't be. You don't know that actually no, is right. Uh, yeah, I wrote that right. Scrappy's Birthday. Fair enough. just tell you the plot so, straight out of the gates. But it's also what? Uh, it's also a big event. Yeah. It's Mouseville Cheese Day. It's Mouseville Cheese it Day. Mouseville Cheese Day. Uh, Look at those cheesettes. They're so professional. <laughs> so long story short with all of this is that Scrappy wakes up one morning yep. excited and bursting with cheese. just the energy that comes behind a birthday. You know, he's a kid. He's a very young kid, and he's an orphan, all right? And so he's just like, you know what? I'm going to get up, and I'm going to have the best day I can possible. Let's go celebrate my B-Day, and let's go get some cake. I'm going to deliver uh, these papers to John Q. Public. Yep. Literally, and, that uh, was the guy's name. That's literally <laughs> the actual name, which was fantastic. Uh, so we get to this point where, uh, you know, they have this big cheese day celebration that's downtown. And as, as Mel was saying about the cheesettes, they have all these, like, it, it, think about it like uh, thank, Macy's Thanksgiving Day right. Parade, all the but it's yeah. all but it's all with cheese. All cheese, ladies and cheese heads, cheese wedges with legs, <laughs> right? The Statue of Liberty, and it, that's got looks like that, but then the, it's just called Our Friend Cheese. Yeah, right. I don't know. What Very was creative. There. Big cheese it, wheels some, rolling. Yeah, that was my favorite thing, Mel. That line was just all of a sudden they show Pearl as the Statue of Liberty, and it just goes, "It's Our Friend Cheese," <laughs> and I'm like, "She, she ha- you know what?" Sure. That could have been her name. It's our French cheese. Like, 
so they they get to this point. So the 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 skinny of this is that suddenly, and the fun of this episode is that suddenly Scrappy feels really destitute. He feels like nobody appreciates him. Nobody understands him. Nobody gives a shit right. about this ginger orphan, uh, and is just like, okay, great. You know what? I'm gonna go do the next best thing possible. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge, and I'm doing that by going on the rails. I love that he's like, nobody notices my birthday. I'm just gonna go hang out with a hobo. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. the equivalent of that's like the equivalent of saying like, you know what? Nobody remembered my birthday. I'm going to go get sexually assaulted down by a train yard. Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, it's the same fucking thing. coming up on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it, so it'll be a good time. Yeah. The weird thing is, like... I'll, I'll see you then. Yeah. I'm looking for a comedian who can't get any laughs named uh, Slappy Rimshot. Slappy Rimshot. Let's talk about Slappy Rimshot. I'm looking for a there? Slappy Rimshot, to be honest with you, so... <laughs> the best part about the introduction of Slappy Rimshot is... You know, he, he, he introduces what his name is. Yeah, that's a, that's a performer's name. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how I got it or when I got it. And I'm like, it's pretty easy. You got to do in a porno. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you, <laughs> you could get a name like Slappy Rimshot. Uh, mm. Where you just cream pie at everybody. Like, <laughs> wow. Is, is that a oh, mouse boy. thing? Do mice do that? Uh, <laughs> you got a cheese, you got a cheese pie. Cheese them. pie. Cream that cheese. Delicious. Cream cheesed it. Cream cheesed it. <laughs> this is, might be the squirted. grossest thing we've ever said on this show. <laughs> I'm so delighted with myself. Cream cheesed it. <laughs> no, I just want a cheese pie. That sounds like like a big pie of macaroni. I do. And I just cheese, want some, which sounds cream great. cheese now. Oh I'm going to make we a cream, cream cheese, cheese alcoholic drink called a sloppy rim shot. And then I'm going to die of like dysentery or something. All right. So <laughs> we've got Scrappy and Slappy hanging out on the rails. Scrappy thinks it's like super cool to be a, a weird hobo creature. Uh, so they're just right. like in a boxcar. Slappy's super chill. He's used to this. This is like his life. Scrappy, however, is like apparently like basically nude at this point and just like shivering in the middle of this but- boxcar. Well, the, the best thing about this, and Mel helped me out with yeah. this, is that, you know, the, the, the whole pitch that, that Slappy has, uh, that Slappy has to Scrappy is, listen, this is a tough life. You do not want this right. life. Uh, and he's like, don't worry, I'm an orphan. I've raised myself and I'll continue doing it no matter what. And it's just like going off, like just really going off on the idea of, like how he he's he's flexible, he's amenable to this new lifestyle. It's something that you know is desirable to him, and he just wants to get the hell out of this town. And then two seconds into it, he is shivering <laughs> he's on the floor, he's and he's just like, "This floor is cold, so and it's wet it. in here, and I don't like it. My back hurts." Yeah, back <laughs> hurt. And then to make matters worse, a bunch of new folks show up, and they are Ugh. super creepy. So they like oh pop in God. from the top of this boxcar, let all the rain in. And they all come down, they're kind of shadowy at first, you don't really know what's going on, but there's four of them. It turns out that there are Slappy's old pals, which I call the creepy hobo clowns. <laughs> For obvious reasons. They're terrifying. They're creepy hobo yeah. clowns, they got creepy hobo clown teeth, which I, if yeah, you didn't they, know, were like the worst teeth ever. They look like white candy corns. Yeah. Oh. Real nasty. And just like, ugh. Real nasty. It's like white, sharp candy corns. It's just gross. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, if you guys went to see like a circus show or something, would you be impressed by any of the following? Uh, a juggler on a unicycle. Yeah? 
now. Not impressed. Seen it, yes, I've seen it already. You've seen it on TV. Saw it on TV yesterday. Okay. How about oh two God. guys doing like Which... a? No, nothing. How about two two guys doing like an acrobatics routine? Probably. More that than a juggler on a unicycle. Okay. Yeah. How about a how about a like a depressed magician that makes a sad bird appear in his hat? No. Uh, you can't pay for that kind of talent. That seemed, <laughs> seemed to work for Scrappy. <laughs> but I feel Scrappy's like Scrappy's a dark motherfucker. He's a dark motherfucker. I feel like something's missing though. Like we need somebody to bring some like laughter. Is there anybody in the crew that can do that? No, because Slappy Rimshot, that's supposed to be his talent, but he doesn't know how to make anybody laugh. He's terrible at it. He tries the joy buzzer and then thinks twice. He tries pies out of nowhere and that doesn't work. He tries the water mm-hmm. flower I, thingy. I absolutely love that there's that really cringeworthy moment in this episode where he's, he's really trying to, like, he fails once and he's like, uh, uh, no, but, but seriously, folks, uh, but seriously, folks, this is how... Uh, it's like watching and, like, a stand-up they, comedian just, like, completely crash and burn on stage. Oh, it's God, that level. It is, it, and believe me, if you have never seen a stand-up comedian crash and burn on stage, Holy shit, you need to see it. It's a wonderful it's thing. It's something to see. Ugh, it's the best. See. Do they normally pie their audience when they're just like at the end of their rope? Look, man, if you could just pull like boysenberry pies out of nowhere, <laughs> that would be amazing. Just, these things came out of nowhere. Yeah, really. You know, for, for somebody who is a, a hobo riding the yeah. rails, he really does have an incredible access to baked goods. Yeah, and a variety of wild berries that he can... Uh, <laughs> You know, huckleberry. In water. Constant water. Constant water, Constant water supply. Well, I think the, the cream pie is probably just semen and <laughs> berries that he finds on the side of the road. And then he just, like, mixes it up and <laughs> sticks it in the same two tin cans. getting too real. <laughs> just, like, throws it at people. He's too. like, it's boysenberry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what makes these guys laugh. Because this boy was in a berry uh, and then ejaculated uh, into a pie tin. Oh, God. What? I never thought Mighty Mouse was going to get so gross. Yeah, we're not even like, Mighty Mouse is barely even in this no, episode. He's, this if point. you've noticed, he's yet to show up. Like, Mike was there yeah. earlier on, but he, he didn't care about Scrappy. He just cared about Cheese Day. So. Right. so at this point, the other clowns are like, Slappy, you haven't made us laugh. So the only thing that makes them laugh is by Slappy introducing Scrappy, basically handing over this orphan child to be like, do with him what you will. But he's also friends with Mighty Mouse, and that makes them laugh for some reason. They think it's so Hilarious. funny that he thinks he's friends with Mighty Mouse. Uh, if we only had, again, another natural disaster that could occur yeah. to kind of break up this scene like and an get us away from storm, everything. Yeah. Which comes out of nowhere <laughs> and somehow severs well, a boxcar for the rest of the train. I mean, this is the darker part of town. Yikes. Was that a race thing? That's, no, no, no. That, no, no. Mel. Uh, Melanie's 100% correct in this because the one thing that is really amazing is that they're is that the as we are flipping back between some of these scenes, like so the time of day that this is all occurring, we have Scrappy at the the parade right. and it is a bright, sunshiny day. Right. He goes and he speaks with Slappy, presumably within a matter of like a couple minutes. And it's suddenly like there are crickets outside, it is dark out. It's like it's almost a completely different setting. Um so it literally like is a, a, a dark completely setting. Different time of day, mm-hmm. and when they get on this train to kind of go, and so I mean, you know, I, I get the I get the idea, the imagery that they're putting behind this is that like, look, this is something that he is used to. This is a fun, happy, comfortable place for him, but like he's living in this misery, 
you know, which is sort of like a, a state of like perpetual darkness, you know, and like that makes sense. Like, I get it. Like, as an adult, I understand that, like, why they would make that choice and why they would do that. It's just very confusing that there are certain times where they will flip back and forth between where suddenly Mike the Mouse is like, I wonder what Scrappy's up to right now. Haven't seen him outside since this morning. And he's in, like, the, like, the, like, the sunshiniest place inside of this parade, you know, as well as also how the episode sort of comes to a conclusion. Like, he's outside, and it's a beautiful day right. out. Well, this is, like, so that's a great way to wrap this up. So we're not even going to like really waste time talking about, obviously it's a runaway train car, Mighty Mouse comes and saves the day. Yeah. It's pretty rote at that point. What's interesting is how it all ends up. So when Mighty oh, Mouse yeah. kind of drops this boxcar in the middle of town, he draws the doors back and it opens onto what? Surprise for Scrappy. Yay! <gasps> it's a birthday party! A yep. cake with his head on top of it. Yay, weird. And then Creepy. Scrappy, who's or Slappy, who's also along for the ride, is like, hey, kid, can I get like a old Slappy get a piece of that cake? And one for the road. <laughs> Slappy's been eating a lot of pies lately. Yeah, so, a lot of boys and berry you know. pies. <clears throat> I want to stick my dick in some cake. And a piece of that cake. <laughs> He's also out in the sunshine for the first time in God knows how many years. Well, Mighty Mouse does pull them out of the clouds yeah. of darkness clouds to of get darkness. back to, to Mouse. And then, so anyway. and then a thing happens that I'm still not sure how I feel about it. It's so good. Is it? Fingers are better than hands. Fingers are better than hands. Is it good? It's so amazing. Because we've got, yes, got old timey random, like mayor maybe, old timey random old dude at this picnic, at this party. And he's like, hey, is Tony the barber here? <laughs> sure. Tony the Barber shows up right Tony behind the right there, uh, Slappy. Right there, and he looks exactly like a stereotypical Italian mouse barber would. Um, <laughs> he actually looks like the Italian guy from An American Tale. The Italian yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that. Yes. So he shows up, and he's like, hey, why don't you clean up Scrappy over here? Or, I'm sorry. Give him this clean guy up the Slappy? works. Yeah, give him the works. Give him the works, which I don't know what he did to this guy. It looked like he... He didn't just, like, clean him up and cut his hair. He, like, completely morphed him into a, a, a totally different character. I have no clue yeah, he what he poured, did to this He guy. poured bleach on the <laughs> He top. poured glove bleach <laughs> on him. Go ahead, Mel. I, I, I just want to say that if I could get a haircut and lose 40 pounds, I would do it today. Oh, do like, wanna, I, do, I would not waste any do time. Do you want to come out looking like an Oscar statuette? Like, I don't know what... He like poured bronzer on him and like turned him into a weird monkey looking character. Yeah. What was that? He no longer is a mouse. No. He's a monkey. He turns out to be a monkey. He is a rat hobo. The, yeah. But underneath that rat He's hobo exterior monkey. lives lives the heart of the a golden shaved monkey. Golden monkey. Named Charles M. Cheesearm. Yep. The founder of Cheese <laughs> Thank Day you. in Mouseville. What the fuck? And this, and this whole thing concludes with Scrappy being like can't imagine this. Today is my birthday, and I got to meet and hang out with the, you know, the guy who He's, started my, Cheese my Day. Favorite thing. He's like, man, I ran away from Cheese Day, and then I met the guy who founded it. And that's how they end the episode. <laughs> it was a shaved golden monkey masquerading as a hobo rat comedian. What? <laughs> Welcome to cartoons. Jesus Christ. All right, so. Uh, anything else from this last segment before we get to some user reviews from folks out there in Toontown? No, let's get into okay. it. So we've got, we've got an interesting one here that I pulled. Normally we pull like one that's super positive, one that's kind of negative. Uh, we've got a couple of weird ones today. So the first one actually talks about a controversy that came out with this cartoon. Long story short, there was an episode that featured Mighty Mouse, 
getting a flower from a girl, and then later in the episode, he was like, he pulled the flower out of his pocket, and he was like smelling the flower to remind himself of the girl, and he ended up sniffing the flower like up his nose, so it was kind of like this funny cartoonish thing. Well, there was like this uh, American Families Association or whatever, one of these like family values organizations, that they basically were like, this is a metaphor for cocaine, and we cannot be showing this to children. And what? Yeah, exactly. So Bakshi came out, and he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, nothing. I saw it. My editor had a, a question about it. I went back and looked at it. It was totally fine. I green-lighted it. It was fine. It went through this whole thing back and forth. So we've got a user review that actually talks about it. The funniest thing about it is he doesn't talk about the episodes at all. He just talks about the controversy and then gives it a 10 out of 10 stars. But here's what he has to say. <laughs> it's from P. Volan from United States. And his title is Allow Me to Set You Guys Straight. Here we go. This is something I happen to know a little bit about. I saw the alleged coke-sniffing episode. It is called The Littlest Tramp. I was fortunate enough to record it off the air. It was actually shown twice before they got in trouble and then edited in further showings. Quite different from, quote, never being seen again. There is a British video cassette collection of New Mighty Mouse available only in PAL format. I have seen it, and the alleged sniffing has been edited out. If you watch the cartoon, wait for him to say these words. I know someone else like that. You should immediately see the pink powder fly up his nose. If you see Mighty staring at a fire or something else, the scene is missing. I saw John Kay, and that's John Kirkfalusi, at an appearance at the Seattle Art Museum. He said that he was the director. Bakshi was the producer. Both of those guys can say that it was a symbolic flower all that they like. That's their prerogative. I say that if someone sniffs powder up their nose, it is a drug reference. It also seems to me that the show went on for quite some time after this happened. So, you can check that out. It's actually on their wiki page. You can see stills and stuff from it. It's literally just like a pink flower that gets sniffed up his nose. It's, he's not like, it's not like a, a mountain of God. white powder that he <laughs> then gets crazy energy from. So there you go. A little side story That's for that. But dumb. we do have another user review. This is going to get crazy. Here we go, guys. Get ready. I can't wait for this. All right, guys. Uh, this is from, this is 2004 from Ultramat2000-1 from Orlando, Florida. This is titled, Hated It. Welcome to, quote, Matt's Rants, end quote. Since the Dungeons and Dragons review can't come, my brother liked it, but didn't. Mighty Mouse, the world's most lovable cartoon character, ruined. His adventures were wacky, ultra wacky. As a child, I liked the old cartoon of the 40s. I saw this new one in 1989. I never understood it. I saw one episode where Mighty Mouse fought a witch and who lived in a pumpkin. It was messed up. The hat talks, pants talk. It was a little messed up, Lidsville. And of course, Mighty Mouse fighting the pumpkin-like beast was spoofing King Kong. And speaking of old movies, there was one where Scrappy and Mighty Mouse go back in time and see a spoof of prehistory, where you see some creatures that are a combo between a cat and a dinosaur. A lot of episodes I saw were messed up. The only good episode I saw is where Scrappy is getting chased and he hides in a movie theater and sees old Mighty Mouse cartoons. I was glad to see it. I was so happy to see the old ones. But alas, the sweet age is over and the wacky age is in. At the, same t or at the time I saw this cartoon, I began hating Sesame Street because it was too wacky. Beginning with Ernie plucking off Bert's nose. Ew! What Sesame Street turns Herschel Gordon Lewis on us? 
I found Elmo annoying. Anyway, the drawings in this poor show spawned a whole range of wacky cartoons like Ren and Stimpy, 1991-95, Dexter's Lab, 96-2003, Barley Odd Parents, 2001 onwards, etc. Bottom line, I like the old cartoon series. You can say... I'm a footy. Look, I'd like to thank Sean for reading that review. I'd also like to thank Donald Trump personally for submitting it to us. Uh, that was great. I'm glad you're a fan of the show and you've, and you've watched uh, Mighty Max. And your, your review was just as articulate as everything else you've said in the past. So I really do appreciate that. So now that we've heard from some users out there, let's uh, wrap it up here. What do you guys think about this particular series? We're going to start with Mel. Do you recommend it to other viewers out there? Or does it get the dip, meaning that it's erased from existence for all time? Definitely does not get the dip. Okay. Fuck that other guy who thinks the show is too wacky. <laughs> Has he seen Roadrunner? Like, come on, that's, that's a fucked up cartoon from, from the early days. Fair. Come on, man, Fair. chill out. Sorry, I'm very upset about that review. Uh, but everybody <laughs> should watch Mighty Mouse. You should watch the old shit, watch the new shit. It's great. It's not really new because it's old now because it's like real old. Like, watch like the old old shit and then like that new old shit. Yeah, yeah. that new new. That new new. You, you feel me. I'm done now. This is too much. Thanks, Mel. All right, Sean, what about you, buddy? Recommend it, and does it get the dip? Uh, definitely does not get the dip, and I would also recommend it. Fair enough. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, recommend it. Check it out. I would watch the older ones, too, just so you get an idea of kind of where Mighty Mouse started and what the, what the tone, what the aesthetics were like to begin with, and then also check out the, the newer version to sort of get a new angle on that, and we'll save it from the dip. There's no reason to erase this from existence. What do you got, Sean? I think the biggest thing about this is that having the understanding of the, the artists and the animators yes. that this inspired in the 90s, kind of watching this now, like I had, a, I, I, I had a, a much deeper appreciation and respect for this show. I know I gave it a lot of shit, but I mean, to kind of see where a lot of these things originated from or like where this, this wacky, this zaniness that we got from Animaniacs uh, or, or anything kind of moving forward in the 90s when we sort of had this like crazy cartoon, you know, revolution during that period of time uh, or like late eighties, early nineties. And so uh, I think it's kind of cool to see where all that, that came from. And, you know, as a kid, I don't think I would have appreciated it as much as I do now as an adult kind of watching and seeing a lot of that style and, and sort of the, just the craziness that is within this episode. This great, this episode is batshit fucking insane. Right. I mean, it's a mouse that we didn't even talk about it who always looks like he's wearing male lipstick. <laughs> like, nonstop. Like, Why is it, it not just lipstick? I don't, I don't know. I'm, why did you not, say male lipstick? Because if I would have said female lipstick, you would have said, well, why do females only have you, to wear just lipstick? Call it, just call it lipstick, man. Okay, he's wearing lipstick. Yeah, there we it's go. a mouse wearing lipstick, guys. And gals. Peeps. Back to the podcast. No, I do, I do think that it should definitely be saved from the dip. Look, even if you think it's... Even if it's not your thing... The fact that it led to so many different animators and so many different shows and uh, you know writers, producers, directors, and incredible careers that came out of it, you have to keep it in the in the cycle for that reason alone. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Concur. So again, thanks to Mel for coming back on the show and joining us. We appreciate it. Thank as you, Melanie. Always. And now is that time of the show where you get to tell folks what you're up to out there in listener land. You're welcome. Uh, what am I up to? Uh, so I think. Sean may have teased this last time, but uh, I am working on a show with Washington Improv Theater right now, which is called POTUS Among Us, uh, and it's a show that happens every four years around election time, which analyzes the 
horrible, terrible process that we all subject ourselves to. Um, and I've been brought in because we're going to, it's going to be audience integrated. And that's a little bit of my specialty. So I am co-directing it with Mark Chalfant and Sean is going to be featured in the show along with a nice little collection of other amazing improvisers, some of which who have been on the show before. Uh, you will be able to see it in Washington, D.C. in October. I believe we open the 13th, the, f- the 14th, the 13th, one of those two. We'll have it up on the website with the linky links and all that good stuff. Um, and then I'm also working on a project which I cannot reveal yet, but uh, hopefully I'll be on again between now and the time that it goes up uh, to give you a little bit more about that as well. I know. I'm having a lot of cool creative things happen. I'm really excited about it. So that's all me. Very cool. What about you your can, contact info? Where can people find you out there? You can reach me on the Twitters and the, the IGs at Melanie Gwynn, G-W-Y-N-N-E. Fantastic. And that's all me. All right. Thanks. Sean, what about you, bud? Hey, guys. I'm going to be performing in Washington, D.C. for Washington Improv Theater for the show that Melanie mentioned, POTUS. You can find more info at witdc.org. Also, Improv Festival that's coming up at the end of the year in November from the 9th to the 13th. And you can find more information about the District Improv Festival, districtimprov.org. And as always, you can find me on the Twitters and the IG at Sean Paul Ellis. We will have all that information up on our website so you guys can uh, check that out at your leisure. Uh, as for me, I'm going to be spending my birthday on a hobo train with some creepy clown mice. In the meantime, you can check me out over at collider.com, nerdist.com, and davetrumbor.com. If you're interested in finding out more about the show, you can do so at our aforementioned website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page, Saturday Morning Cartoons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube, where you guys have been fantastic with your likes, your votes, your subscriptions, your comments, uh, everything like that. We really do appreciate it. It's fun keeping up with you guys. Um, and if you could, if you do like the show, you know, feel free to share it with your friends as well and recommend it to other people who might have the same kind of interests in mind. That's how we uh, grow the community here. And we really do appreciate it, getting to talk to familiar faces and new faces the same. So we, we really do appreciate it. And you can listen to our podcast each and every week for free through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to suggest an episode in the future or just drop us a line, you can do so Saturday morning cartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for Mighty Mouse Week. We've got a wacky week coming up next week. We've been talking about this one for a while. Uh, we're going to see kind of how it plays out, but we're, we're, looking, we're trying to look for some like more international cartoons, something <laughs> outside of our normal kind of purview here. Um, oh, wait, you mean, you mean Japanese Transformers weren't enough? The fact that it was still kind of like at least dubbed and made for an American audience? No, we're going to go a little further than that. We're going to go way outside of our cultural reference points and find Ooh, something. This is going to be interesting. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we're going to tease that one for right now. But we've got some interesting stuff coming up the rest of the month, too. But it's going to be kind of a wacky month here in September. So we appreciate you guys for joining us um, for the ride. And we appreciate Mel coming back once again to join us on the show. Thank you, Mel. And, of You're course, welcome. to my co-host, Sean, as always. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. This has been Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.